Coming up, breaking news as Kadarius Toney is traded from the New York Football Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs for a reported third and sixth round pick. We break down what it means in the short term for the Giants. What could this turn into for Joe Shane? And what happened with Kadarius Toney as a New York Football Giant? Let's get into it next. Ah, yes, my friends, it's OGP, the One Giant Podcast with breaking news coverage, as we like to do whenever we can. I got to tell you, friends, we're obviously going to talk about what is just a seismic shift for the New York football giants from the previous regime into this one. I'm going to tip myself a little bit of a cap here along the way. But just to be clear, welcome into the live stream over on YouTube. If you're a part of it, we appreciate you, Tommy and Marty. And Bifanito, who's been in here, obviously already starting the conversation ahead of time. I was literally sitting down for lunch, sitting down for lunch, walked into town, sat down at one of my favorite little spots, getting some street tacos, squeezing on some lime juice. All of a sudden, the Twitter timeline starts to blow up. And here we go, right? Um, The reason why I say, so we'll just go ahead and lay this out here. First reported over on Twitter, want to make sure that we also get this right, um, just, just in terms of where this first came from, Jordan Renan also provided some context uh, for this trade news, but first report, reported excuse me, by Jordan Schultz. The first breaking news element that came through was on him. We almost had a little bit of a sense of, you know, is this, is this true? I think Giants, there was another couple outlets that picked it up and put it out there on Twitter. Certainly um, got you questioning. A little bit of maybe to gag. Are we talking about playing here a little bit? Then it gets confirmed by reputable sources, starts to snowball, and it is, in fact, official. So a third, conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick from the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for Kadarius Tony. Let's take a deep breath because I know that I'm talking a mile a minute right now. What does it mean as Floyd is in on the conversation? Jerry, Judy, potentially. Other people talking about DJ Moore, right? What is going to happen on the back end of this? I'm of two minds here. First and foremost, we understand Kadarius Tony comes in on the previous regime, a first round pick. Some people questioned at the time if that was the value there in the early 20s, especially when you had Jacksonville, who was in love with the idea um, of going and drafting Kadarius Tony, and maybe you could have moved back. Okay, said and done, put it to bed. It is what it is. Now you come into this new regime. And last draft class, this previous draft class, when the New York football giants drafted Wondell Robinson, I I feel at least comfortable being able to be a little bit excited about the fact that at the time I said, this is your Kadarius Tony replacement because the new regime wants their version of that guy. And even though we speculated along the way, can Tony get healthy? Can he get out there on the field? At the end of the day, the culture shift, the, the scheme, the coaching staff, the mentality, everything that we talk about, about what Joe Shane, Brian Dable, and this coaching staff want to instill and cement for this team, that's what I think you look at a Wandell Robinson you get excited about, even though he's had his injury concerns here, obviously, to start his career. And it's everything about Kadarius Tony that there was some level of red flags. And I'm not going to drag Tony over the coals here. You didn't want to be a part of this. That's okay. Or you've had difficulty with injuries, and that makes it hard for this regime to get behind you. 
that's okay too. Ultimately, man, I think that this is a win-win from both sides. And, and I know about what is going to happen here as we see D3, uh, D3, C3 coming into the conversation saying, sick to my stomach about the talent, right? D- don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Within two weeks, Kadarius Tony will most likely be on the field for Kansas City, and he will look as dynamic as he did in that very small sample size we got over his New York Giants career, especially that Dallas Cowboys game, right? It's inevitably it's going to happen. So you got to put your mind to rest about that part of it. He is still an elite talent, I think, at least on paper. And if he gets out there on the field, you're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs take an enormous step forward in terms of what that offense looks like, getting back to the Tyreek Hill dynamic playmaker, creating mismatches and being a really potent offense as they move down the stretch. They understand. Kansas City, by the way, that they had to go make a move like this because the Bills are the top of the class right now in the AFC. So they had to make a move here. They had to do something to shift that power a little bit. Shout out to Jonathan, man. Thank you so much for throwing that up there. We really appreciate this level of support as we'll make a little brief adjustment on our layout here since I'm flying solo. Let's get it up here in front of the big screen. Gosh, darn it. The setup is, is rickety at best here. Really appreciate it, though. This S, thank you very much for blocking out the profanities. We appreciate that as well. Piss me off. Why can't we ever keep the electrified playmakers? Dude, listen, I know exactly what you mean. And I see with the with the the comical laugh at the end of it, right? I get it, man. Because again, he's gonna go be productive, Kadarius Tony. He's just not gonna be doing it for us. I think that he was behind the eight ball, right? And you see G getting in on this conversation too in the chat. Had problems in college. Just from a health, purely from a health standpoint, injuries are something that have followed Kadarius Tony from his college career into the pros. And I said this at the time, and this is about Kadarius Tony and any player, every player. And let me just be self-deprecating here too. There are players that we were wrong about this offseason. We are shocked in a great way that Julian Love went from being this holdover that you weren't sure about his fit to being an important leader on this defensive unit. And that is absolutely fantastic. But I said, when a new GM comes in, when a new regime starts, it doesn't matter where you were drafted. The first round draft pick couldn't mean any less to Joe Shane. It wasn't his draft capital. He didn't choose to spend it that way. And we also talked about the time, how he felt about it when I speculated maybe, and there was that rumor over the course of the offseason, wasn't a lot of traction to it about could Kadarius Tony be moved. It doesn't matter that we spent, we, the New York Giants, spent a high first-round draft pick, or first-round draft pick, I should say, on Kadarius Tony. I didn't spend that draft pick if I'm Joe Shane. I didn't allocate that money to him if I'm Joe Shane. It matters if he's productive and if he fits what we want to do, what Brian Dable wants to do, what Mike Kafka wants to do. And we get it, right? Mike Kafka came from Kansas City. So the idea that we're taking him from the Giants and sending him to the former offensive coordinator's team and saying, hey, this player that we want to move on from is the perfect fit for, in theory, the system that we are going to have big elements of as it continues to unfold here. So there is no shortage of disappointment around this in terms of what he could have been. But ultimately, at the end of the day, and I'm not going to speculate on any of this as far as what it meant from health. Was he truly healthy? Did he really have injuries? Did he not want to be a part of this new regime and what looked like maybe a rebuild? And just to reiterate here for Tommy, third round conditional pick from the Kansas City Chiefs, sixth round pick from the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for Kadarius Tony, just one year after being a first round draft pick. Um, 
whether or not Kadarius Tony was fully healthy or capable of being healthy or capable of getting out there, we've seen the Giants be extra cautious around injuries. The one thing I'll say is no one expected the Giants to be as good as they have been this year. No one expected them to be 6-1. and one. So if Kadarius Tony was having a difficult time getting himself onto the practice field, getting himself in training camp, the off-season program, showing a level of commitment and dedication to a team that in theory was coming off a bad season and looking down the road of another bad season, guess what? That's okay. You go ahead and sit on the side until you're ready to be a part of this team. And then as you start winning without him, as the team starts growing without him, it's a lot easier for the organization to be able to part ways. And maybe it's a lot easier when Kadarius Tony is maybe saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting closer. I'm ready to get back out there to say, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But guess what? Wandell Robinson's ready to get back out there. And we're already starting to see glimpses of what his production can look like. I, I, I again, I'm ha- I was happy to have Kadarius Tony on this roster. Not sure what it's going to look like or how quickly it's going to look like that in Kansas City. Other questions that this brings up then. The first one being, what did it mean financially for the New York football giants to move on from Kadarius Tony here? Because if we're talking about, as the sirens go off in the background, if anyone can hear it, that's the the town is celebrating this trade. If Kadarius Tony has been moved on from, does it mean one, that it's simply about, he's not a part of our long-term future? And the off-season value for Kadarius Tony is not going to be as high as it may be right now. So you try to maximize value. That's one element of it. The other element of it is, if you're Joe Shane and you're considering the idea of where do we go um, as a team at the trade deadline trying to improve and trying to bolster our roster for a playoff run. Now, just in case you're wondering, the New York Football Giants, it's not, it's not, a, big, it's not a big move here. Like, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you free up some extra, you do free up some extra cap money, but it's not this seismic, um, you know, it's not seismic shift here. It's year number two of a rookie contract. So in this season, he was a base salary of 1.283 million. A prorated bonus came in at 1.8 and the total cap hit was 3.11 million. This is all per over the cap. Sometimes you look over at spot track and you can find some different numbers here, but traded on a post June one, We are talking about, which is the area that we find ourselves in, taking on some level potentially of dead cap here, dead money and cap savings. It looks like here in 2022, 1.8 in dead cap, 1.2 in cap savings. Now, how much of that has already been paid and how those numbers get adjusted a little bit? We'll go over that as things unfold here uh, just in the next couple of days. So, you know, digesting this in real time. So it's not necessarily making a big shift. Now the cap money counts now and the dead cap money, that'll be for tomorrow's issues, right? So you do have a little bit of flexibility there. Um, I'm more curious about who are the giants considering? We said here at the top, just to reiterate it for everybody coming in on the live stream here on our, obviously our YouTube channel, one giant podcast, breaking down the Kadarius Tony trade from the New York football giants to the Kansas city chiefs, conditional third round pick and sixth round selection. What do they want to turn this into, right? Because now, one of the things that we were debating just as early as yesterday was, if there's moves to be made, how much is Joe Shane willing to part with? All of a sudden, with an extra conditional third-round pick in your arsenal, you can maybe get a little bit more flexible. You may be willing to commit draft capital knowing, hey, is is sixth-round pick the, the perfect asset to have? Maybe, maybe not. 
we saw what it can turn into. We're excited to see Darian Beavers get back out there uh, next year. But ultimately, if there's an opportunity that maybe requires spending a second-round pick, Jerry Judy comes to mind. That seems to be the price range that we're talking about. The DJ Moore one, I think, is still too rich for the New York football giants, too rich for Joe Shane to commit to. But a second-round pick for Jerry Judy, when you have two third-round picks now, there's a little bit of flexibility there. You can start to massage yourself about saying, okay, we're giving up draft capital in next year's draft, but we feel like with the way our scouting department works underneath Joe Shane, we'll find talent in the draft that we can replace them with. I'm not a thousand percent sold that just because this trade happened, it means that the Giants are going to make a corresponding move. Andy has talked a lot about tight end being the position that should go and target. I've brought up Josh Reynolds before as the low-cost buy. I think that this certainly makes it possible for the Giants to target a slightly higher level or more established receiver. And one in theory, like when we talk about a Jerry Judy, still very young. He's had some drops, you know, drop issues here. And that's, I think, the interesting thing, too. In the hierarchy here, it's why DJ Moore's price tag is so much greater than a Jerry Judy's, in theory, from what we've heard. Because DJ Moore is a dynamic playmaker that can be that guy for you. But again, I don't know, and we're seeing there as a Psy guy gets in, there was an article uh, out today talking about a potential target for the New York football giants at the tight end position. We'll talk about him here in a second as well. But it's hard for me to think that the New York football giants, understanding you have the upcoming draft and you have the offseason, to give up that much draft capital for DJ Moore. It's not to me. That's not going to happen. Now, a second round pick for Jerry Judy, maybe. I still don't even find that as likely as it being a marginal move, picking up a couple of pieces. But one thing that we were going to talk about um, earlier today, and then things got a little bit shuffled here, was that we saw the Dallas Cowboys go out and get Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders. We saw Quinn now from the Bears go over to the Eagles. Teams inside of the division with big winning records, undefeated and otherwise, are bolstering their roster here, right? Bolstering their roster for the playoff run and the playoff push. The question we had was, are the Giants going to look at how this season is unfolding and say, here's our chance to go in and make that push right now? Or where they first came in with the new regime saying, long road ahead, it's not a one-year process. I think there can be a blend of that here, but it's hard for me to say that the Giants are going to push all their chips in and on this particular season, right, on this particular moment. And a guy like Jerry Judy, even though he would certainly be an improvement to the wide receiver core, there are still enough questions there that, you know, I think you say, yes, he can be dynamic, he can improve this offense, but is he a guy you want to be committed to long-term? I think that that's going to be a part of this. Just looking over there, uh, Marty, who we always appreciate being in on the chat, um, Mike Kosicki, and I see someone else mention this, Dolphins, see, a couple weeks ago, there were some rumblings. Would it work out? Would it not work out? He's now caught 14 balls over the past two weeks. Two is back under center. You have wide receivers there. Kosicki is such a good tight end to have to further help free up your dynamic tandem at the wide receiver position. So I don't see that being a viable option here necessarily. Stranger things happen, right? Not that Kadarius Tony is a high-profile name in terms of production on the field, but it was out of left field in terms of not hearing any rumors about this over the last week or two. 
really nothing has nothing came up here about Kadarius Tony. It was that nursing his third hamstring injury of the year, trying to get himself back healthy. Maybe you'd see him come back after the bye week, trying to get a little bit more, um, trying to get a little bit more uh, flexibility to wide receiver position, a little bit more depth. Um, Dan asking, does this help our our money situation? So again, just to reiterate, when you go over and look at the over the cap. The money on this, he was only on the books for three point one million this season. Now I don't, I, I don't know full transparency. The post trade, uh, June one trade, which you can look at and say, okay, if you trade him after this point, this is what it means. But we're now six weeks into the season, so some level of his salary is also being accounted for here over those first six weeks. But one point eight million in dead, one point two eight million in cap savings. So the dead money isn't going to hurt you in terms of your flexibility financially right now in this moment, but how much of that money really exists there now at this point, seven weeks into the season, that's what we need to determine and get a little bit more information on. The short answer is Kadarius Tony didn't represent a, a big cap hit right now. He's on his rookie contract, right? So it, no, it does not free up a substantial amount of money, right? This is not the Kenny Galladay one, which we all know was going to hurt them massively on the cap and the dead cap scenario if they moved off of him. Uh, interestingly enough, what we wondered about too, I think we talked about this last few podcasts was it, is it just about allocating assets in a trade or, and this would have been a difficult one to do with a competitive team like the Kansas city chiefs, but teams that are looking like they're falling out of the playoff picture. Can you make an exchange on a player for player and reduce the cost of the, uh, excuse me, of the uh, draft capital that you surrender in a trade. That was something else that we kind of want to look around. I think the hard part for the Giants this season is they've been so hurt. There's been so many injuries that have stacked up here that it becomes a little bit tricky. Other factor inside of this in terms of how are they going to use this, right? Um, we also know too, and I, yeah, I want to get back into here to Albert uh, talking about Albert. Uh, gosh, I'm not, and we all we all know that there's no there's just no world where I get this uh, correct here on the first attempt. We're going to bring him up, and this is because out in Denver, they drafted a tight end. They have their guy, a new regime, new quarterback in Russell Wilson, all of those good things. And now whether or not this particular tight end actually has value to them or it's just one of those things, you're not our guy, you're not our fit. Not unlike the New York football giants right now. Let's get ourselves in there and talk about the tight end room Oh, where is he there? I'm going to pull up this article here, too, in the background. So keep the conversation going um, as we roll through this here. Let's just take a look over at Tommy. The way that we draft is undisciplined. No worries. Keep all of our equity and keep developing talent from the street are producing for us. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, so I, I get your sentiment there, Tommy. The, but I, but the, the first part that you said there, the way that we draft is undisciplined. I don't agree. I agree with that up until this year. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it with Joe Shane. I don't agree with what he did in this draft. Now there's been injuries, but we're already talking about Evan Neal. We're talking about that glimmer when it came to Darian uh, Beavers. We're talking about Daniel Bellinger, right? We're, we're, we're talking about several players. Wandell Robinson, the draft record, very, very short, looks like it's going to be pretty successful. Previous regimes were a disaster. And that's why cutting ties with Kadarius Tony makes it a little bit easier. Let's take a look here. They are uh, stacking draft picks to make a move for quarterback next year. We can go down that road, Kyle. I think it's perfectly, perfectly reasonable, excuse me, 
to to wonder about the totality of this in the big picture. We'll briefly talk about that now before we get into um, the micro. What can we do with this? Where can we go from here? I think having draft capital matters for the New York football giants, right? They're going to have their first round draft pick. Now they're going to also probably need to spend, if you need to move up in the draft, you're going to have to spend another first round draft pick down the road. But having multiple threes matters. Having multiple sixes matters just from the standpoint of we have capital to continue to fill out our roster. I don't, at this moment right now, I'm not worried about that. I think we all know Tommy's talking about, right? Keep Jones. He's the guy. Listen, there are the sample size we're getting this year on Daniel Jones has been consistently getting incrementally better. I think the question for me personally still remains, is this a product of the system or a product of the quarterback? And as you expand the system, does the quarterback continue to perform at a high level right now? This sample size of this season is, is saying, Hey, it looks like we can do that. It looks like Daniel Jones can continue to grow. It looks like the past regime really was doing a number on this young man. Okay. And we can move forward with that. It doesn't hurt though, to have that flexibility around the moves you potentially want to make. All right. I want to go ahead and pull up here because Andy, who is on a flight right now, actually from the West coast, he came in uh, and he, he provided me the article here. So I'll go ahead and get it pulled up. And this was uh, retweeted out by Jordan Renan, uh, care of Bill Barnwell, who was talking about the New York football giants. And I think the division overall, four teams that could make some interesting moves here. And I'll have to do this on a little bit of a secondary process because that's the, that is the nature of, uh, of trying of trying to absorb all this information in real time and provide everybody with the context here. So let me just go ahead and get inside this one moment. All right. So when we look inside the Bill Barnwell article, he listed a couple of things. Now he ends up zeroing in on a tight end, but interestingly enough, there are a couple of um, wide receivers that also got thrown in here as well. So when we get down to the New York football giants, as I'm Literally, you can see possibly on camera here, scrolling in real time. One other note here, remaining strength of schedule for the New York football giants ranks 31st in the NFL. So at six and one, the, again, equation of, do we want to try to push here and improve our team in the short term? That's as good a reason as any to also try to improve this roster in some capacity. But we get down the list, he ends up going to the tight end room, but first makes mention of, Players like Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots, Nelson Aguilar, the Broncos are getting calls on Hamler and Jerry Judy, neither of whom, as Bill Barnwell reports, are particularly healthy or productive as pros. And that's where it gives me pause around Jerry Judy. In theory, I think we're we're enamored by the name and what it could mean. But that's why there's a difference with DJ Moore and the actual production and true production and consistent production that we've seen on the field. Albert O. Okwe uh, Boonham. I'm going to call him Oki just so we make sure we clean this mess up here. Um, but that would be a potential with Bellinger's injury. It could go in a number of directions and they listed him as being maybe that target that they could go after. So over on the Broncos, seven receptions for 50 yards this season. Let's back it up here and talk about his stat lines overall. And again, that he could be the man on the outside looking in. Last season, 14 games played, 33 catches on 40 targets, 330 yards, two touchdowns, and a 10-yard per clip average, 6'5", 258. So that's really 
the the if you talk about what you've lost and what you have on your roster, I think a move like that makes a lot of sense. And if we're now thinking about adding this capital via the trade and what do we want to spend? Six round pick? How much capital? One of that the six round pick that you just got back in this trade, send it out to the Denver Broncos, bring in a tight end that you think has some real upside and can be receiver productive for you. And then you still have Hudson. You still have Myrick to help fill out that blocking aspect of things. That's a move that maybe, as much as anything, making a move for a wide receiver could make sense for the New York football giants. Let's walk through here just because this is what we're here for. It's a live YouTube stream breaking down the breaking news. Kadarius Tony, conditional third, six-round pick from the Kansas City Chiefs for the New York football giants, marking um, Joe Shane's kind of first, you know, significant move here as the GM of the New York football giants, especially an in-season trade, as we know that deadline is looming. We've got uh, Donnie talking about, I think the giants have forced Joe Shane's hand. You think the, let's, let's get this one up here. We'll hide my face for a second. I think that the giants have forced Joe Shane's hand. You've already played out of your QB one pick playoffs are never guaranteed. No matter how good your roster is, he has to make a move for a wide receiver one this year. Um, I understand where you're, I get, I get your point, right? Like here we are, (laughs) you've played to a six and one record. I would argue that right now in this moment, if you want, you can look at their six and one record and then you can go and look at their remaining schedule. And I, and even, even being six and one, nothing is guaranteed for the New York football giants. We're going to talk about tomorrow, how I think that this Seattle Seahawks game could be could be a potential loss heading into the bye week, but you come out with Houston, with Detroit, and then you get into a lot of division, division matchups, right? We're going to see four consecutive games in division at Dallas, home for Washington, home for Philly, at Washington, then on the road at the Vikings, at home for the Colts, who could be in a little bit of a dumpster mode here as well, benching Matt Ryan, and then closing out the season at Philadelphia. But But here's my point. Just in terms of you need to go do something, is it required? I don't think it is. Because now, now, if you want to have playoff run expectations, then going and bolstering this roster, yes. Then going and getting maybe what you feel could be a true number one, that matters. However, when you go and look at the standings right now in the NFC, Green Bay's three and four. So I'm looking at all those wild card spots. Green Bay's three and four, as are the Chicago Bears. Atlanta is three and four. The Panthers are done, two and five. I mean, even if they go on a run, I know they got that win. Three and three are the Rams. Three and four are the 49ers. The Giants are six and one. If they win four more games, that might be enough to get into, at worst, the last wild card spot. But when you go in and look at some of these, and I think the Green Bay Packers, they could certainly find their rhythm and get themselves back on it, as can the L.A. Rams. But don't forget, when you go look at the L.A. Rams schedule, they're on a bye week right now. They come out and play San Francisco. So one of those teams is going to be one one loss worse coming out of the bye week. The Buccaneers, who have been a bit of a disaster, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they're also going to find themselves with Seattle, the Vikings, Green Bay, uh, closing out there with the Denver Broncos, the Chargers, and Seattle again. I don't know how all those games are going to shake out. Now, is it beyond the pale that the, the Rams can go on a run? Of course not. But let's be clear. They have three wins right now. They got a long way to go. 
They have a long way to go sitting there and looking at their schedule and saying, we have to find a way to win seven, eight games over the back half of our season. That That is not an easy task. It's not an automatic, even if you are the LA Rams, that you're going to turn up over the back half of your season, 11 games when you need to win seven, maybe even eight if you need to secure it. That's a tall order. Most of these teams are in that boat, and most of these teams have to play division opponents, similar teams that are all vying for those wild card spots. I'm not going to be shocked if it ends up being, in whatever order of the NFC East, all three top teams here are going to the playoffs, with two of them obviously occupying wild card positions. Uh, yes, and by the way, just, yeah, Donnie, 100%. That's that's another, and we talked about this before, but I'll reiterate this point, and then we'll go ahead and reset the table here on the trade breaking news. New York football giant sending Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs for a conditional third and sixth round pick. Remember, inside of this hierarchy, the Giants have already beaten Green Bay. They've already beaten the Chicago Bears, if you think that they're still in the mix. They've already beaten the Carolina Panthers, even though they are far further down that list, right? So that matters too in this because you're already a heads up, a leg up on two teams, specifically Green Bay and Chicago. They got to get one up over you to break that tiebreaker loss that they both have against you. That's going to be a problem. It's why, by the way, that the Seattle game can be somewhat critical, just if you're thinking about in the grand scheme of things, hey, if we go out and beat Seattle and they start to have that battle there in the NFC West on the back half of this season, the Giants could be sitting here being able to point back to their schedule and say, we beat Three teams that were in contention for a wildcard spot? Yes, we beat all of them, right? And then we know the division games are going to be absolutely massive in this, obviously, as well. Let's get ourselves back to neutral on this conversation. Kadarius Tony gets traded again. Dynamic playmaker. I And by the way, here's another little uh, talking point about this. Because as everyone knows, if you follow the podcast, you, you know that I am someone who sets a high bar of expectation for Daniel Jones and being able to cement himself as the franchise quarterback going forward. And there's big conversations about franchise quarterback, what is the price point? But one of the things people talk about is if only he had quality wide receivers, if you put elite talent around him. Now, yes, elite wide receivers, elite offensive talent is going to help the quarterback. That is obviously a one-to-one ratio. However, I always go back and talk about now that now Eli Manning had one of his best seasons and went on that second Super Bowl run with Plexico Burris. And that obviously mattered. But does anyone look at the pantheon of NFL wide receivers and say, Amani Toomer, he's a beloved New York football giant, but he is not the perfect wide receiver. He was not an elite, you know, Hall of Fame stud, number one guy year in, year out in the league. But rhythm, consistency, continuity, all of those things matter. Our tight ends were never the perfect tight ends when it came to Eli Manning's two Super Bowl runs. Victor Cruz showed up and and, and balled out and then went away. Mario Manningham showed up, made key plays when they mattered, and went away. Hakeem Nix. My point is that when the system is right, when the system is right and the players understand and know how to be productive in the system, then the quarterback elevates the play of those wide receivers. Things get better because you have everyone on the same page. That's that's always been my point around the wide receiver room and whether or not you need to have true number ones. Do you need to spend high draft capital on a wide receiver? Do you need to go out to the free agency market, God forbid, and spend $20, $25 million on a wide receiver with the way things have trended? 
No. You need to have the right receivers that fit your scheme and fit what you want to do. And that's a lot of what we've seen from the New York football Giants this season. Obviously, going back to the draft, Wandell Robinson, and I would have expectations about what would happen going into next offseason and next year's draft class and how they'll look to continue to improve this wide receiver room. That being the case, my friends, it's the first of what could be some other moves here. I think that I won't be shocked if this ends up being, as we block some incredibly inappropriate stuff um, in the chat. I apologize for that if anyone's seeing it. And we will try to, of course, get rid of it as quickly and as timely as we possibly can. Um, But ultimately, we'll see what happens here. I think there can be moves made in the margins for the New York football giants and for Joe Shane. And tomorrow, which by the way, man, Giants still have a game just three days away here against the the the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, excuse me. So we're going to talk about that matchup tomorrow. I'm going to step away, take a look at, at linebackers, take a look at cornerbacks, maybe even go in deeper on the wide receiver room, tight ends, right? Come back in maybe later today with another live episode where we kind of discuss who are some low-cost options here? What are some of the rumors we're hearing about teams that could be looking to move off of players? And even maybe, just maybe, getting some sense across the NFL landscape about how interested the Giants are in making a potential move here, right? Um, that is going to be the discussion that we will continue, whether it's today or going into tomorrow and all the way to the trade deadline. But if something's going to happen, you would assume that this is going to happen a little bit sooner than later, obviously. And, uh, and we can debate, obviously, and we'll come back in there um, and have a discussion around which positions are the most critical to add for this team to have success. We thank everybody, man, over at one point, up over 300 people in here in the live chat, live viewing. Really, really appreciate it. We always, as we say, appreciate you being a part of the live streams, appreciate you being uh, supporters of the One Giant Podcast on YouTube, where you can subscribe on your podcast feed, wherever you get those needs fulfilled as Andy Mackowitz would always say until next time, let's go big blue. And I know it's a little bit out of order here, but um, again, 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 really, really appreciate everyone being here. Cannot say it enough. Cannot thank it enough. So um, uh, let's, oh yeah. Got to go watch the locked on crossover throw locked on Seahawks. Yeah. No, uh, listen there. And they're great stuff. Patricia Trania does great coverage um, of the uh, giants as well. And she has some great insider information. So definitely go and enjoy them. You guys be great. You have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll be back in with all the latest news and notes for the New York football giants until next time, officially as Andy Makowitz would want need and nay demand the people know as always let's go big blue.